0: Welcome, everybody, to Damage Radio. Here live on monkerradio.com with music reminds me. You already know me. I'm RC, I'm my guest. This man's an artist, a musician, a graphic designer, a software developer, photographer, videographer, writer, dad, legend. You keep naming it, dude. I can go on and on and on. Sports fanatic. He's the man, my friend, Dave Fowler. Dave, welcome back to Damage Radio, man.
1: Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, first off, man, happy holidays. Uh, you happy too, New Thank Year. You.
1: Thank you, uh, you too.
0: Tell us about how your holidays were and, with your family and uh, the new year, man.
1: Holidays were great. Um, you know, the kids loved it. Had a white Christmas for the first time in a while. Last couple of years, it was like 60 degrees on Christmas. So it's yeah. nice that there was some snow. Um, just had some family over and kept it low key. Nobody, well, we, we got the flu. That was pretty mm-hmm. much... Uh, <laughs> The worst part of it. But we're all we're all good now. Ready to take on the new year. So kids are back in school. It's fun.
0: Well, today's today's a pretty bittersweet day while we're recording this. Um, because it's been a year since you have been cancer free. So first off, man, congratulations on being cancer free. And appreciate that. Thank you. uh, Yeah, man. And can you just talk a little about about your mindset then to your mindset now and how differently you look at life.
1: Yeah, it was actually, um, I was laying in bed with my wife last night. We were just kind of reminiscing like, wow, you know, this time last year we were in a hotel room waiting for surgery, you know, waiting, waiting, the clock ticking down, waiting to go into the hospital. And I was, I think the most pissed off because the only thing I could have was like chicken broth all day because I was starving. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, all jokes aside, it was, it was kind of a weird day for me. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm super happy and my life is the best it's ever been, you know. But it was just kind of weird today to think about, like, just experience those feelings again, you know, thinking about exactly how I felt going in and just remembering, you know, walking to the hospital and then, you know, getting on the table, uh, getting on the, you know, the, the, the bed and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a weird thing. Like, um, it's not, a, it's not like an emotional thing where you're like, oh, I'm sad or this or that, but it's just, it's kind of weird. And then, um, you know, from when I got diagnosed to when I had surgery, everything was so fast. It almost kind of feels like it was somebody else. So, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of surreal. I guess that's the best way to describe it. But, you know, my scar's a year old today. Happy birthday! Yeah, <laughs> so, right. But uh, yeah, I and mean, it's been probably the craziest year between then to, to today, as far as just like what I've done and what's happened, and it's all for the best, though. So, I mean, it, it's it's a nice little reminder. It's perspective, I think, than anything.
0: So going through that, Dave. Um, you know, this healthcare system, we always know it always messes with us at the wrong times. So, um, going through that situation, going through what you were going through, how much did that weigh on your mind as a father, as the leader of the household before you go into the surgery that, you know, this might or may not be covered?
1: Well, luckily I did have health insurance, which was good. Um, the, the, the issue was just, I mean, it's, it's kind of a couple of compounded things. So number one, you know, you're paying, we were driving to Boston every single time. That's where I had my operation. So that's like an hour and 25 minute drive. Then it's finding someone to watch the kids, finding someone to watch the dog, you know, those types of costs, missing time from work. And then all the appointments, all the co-pays that you have. And cause you're not just going up there. I mean, you got to go up there a couple of times before you got to get all your CT scans done to get all this stuff set up. And then you have the surgery, then you're paying you know, it was 350 bucks just for the radiologist to read the CT results. You know what I mean? Um, you know, then you have the surgery itself. And then the big thing is you're out of work for two months after the fact. So that was the kicker. Um, we had, um, it was a like a meal train thing that we had done, like a fundraiser basically. And it was great. Um, you know, we raised a couple thousand dollars and it seemed like it was a lot of money, but then you realize like, okay, the meal train, they take like tw- like 2,500 bucks right off the cuff. You know what I mean? So it's but you know, when all said and done between paying for the surgery and then being out of work for two months, I definitely didn't have it as bad as other people have had it, but, uh, it's not fun, man. It's definitely something that's kind of sticks in the back of your mind. Like, you know, got to get to work. I got to get back to work because I got to pay for this and pay for that. And the the bills are still due, you know, the bills don't, don't take a break for two months because you're out of work recovering from this and that. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, I mean, it led to some other stuff too. Like I ended up losing a job because the company found out that I'd had that. And, you I want to get too much into detail about that, but it was, uh, it, it's been rough. I mean, it's, th- there's a lot to it. You know, it's not just a physical thing. It's not just a mental thing. You know, it's a combination of, of a lot of different things at once, but
0: yeah. let's talk about how that this, you know, horrible nightmare basically brought you and Superwoman men together closer, even you and your wife.
1: How yeah um it's kind of weird because not to throw her business out there but her dad passed away from uh a, a type of of cancer when she was like i think 10 or 11 years old. So I think that it was kind of hard not to draw like some parallels to 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 you know being a young couple relatively young you know 34 35 years old with two young kids you know at the time five years old, you know, just turned, just turned six. Um, my son just turned three. So, you know, it's, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, you know, when you go see the doctors, you're confident. You know, I went to a specialist, I went to a really highly recommended doctor. is one of the best in the country for what he did. Um, but there's always that worry in the back of your mind. There's always that fear of what if something goes wrong or what if it's, what if it's worse than they think it is? You know, what if it's further along? What if it's spread? What if it's this, but I mean, it's just like, there's just, there's countless things to worry about. And then on her perspective, you know, it's like, she's got to worry about me, worry about her, worry about the kids, you know, trying to take care of, of what we have to take care of. But at the same token, you know, in the back of her mind, she's probably thinking like, what if he doesn't come home? Like, what am I going to do? You know? And you asked the doctor, like, do I have to make plans? Like, what should I do? You know, God forbid anything happens. Should I make arrangements? And it's it's just weird conversations. It's things that you, I mean, we all know we're going to die. Have you had
0: these conversations?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know we're going to die. You know what I mean? At some point yeah. where nobody makes that alive. But right. when you're kind of like, I don't know, man, we've known each other for a long time. And yeah. there's been a lot of a lot of years that you don't really think about anything. And then one day you wake up and something hurts and you're like, oh man, I am kind of getting old, you know? Yeah. So you start getting, you, you get faced with kind of mortality a little bit. And that's that's fine. You know, you wake up, you get some more gray in the beard or something. It's like oh, I can deal with that. You know, it's kind of sexy, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But when you wake up and it's like, you are, hey, I gotta get a I gotta get a kidney taken out. It's like this is fucking, this is scary. Mm-hmm. This is really scary. Yeah. But um, no, she was my rock, man. I you know she was strong. We were talking about like walking to the hospital because we we literally were in Boston. We were at the hotel right next to Fenway, and then woke up at five in the morning. We walked the two blocks, whatever it was to the hospital and then, you know, gave her a hug. And that was probably the hardest hug I've ever had to give her because it was like, I'm going to go in for surgery. And I I hope, you know, my life's in someone else's hands at this point. So that was tough, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to really, like, if you've never been in that situation, it's really hard to describe, but anybody, if you've ever been in that situation where you're hugging someone and you just hope it's not the last time, And then you still have to like go and do stuff that you're supposed to do. It's just, it's tough. Like, I I feel like you kind of go on autopilot in in some ways, but it could have been a lot worse. You know, we know people that have been a lot sicker for longer. Um, You know, for me it was a couple of months. Um, You know, I feel like I've been through worse things in my life, even though it's, you know, wasn't the big C and it wasn't a surgery and this and that, but, there's other things you can go through that are sometimes worse than a surgery. So, I mean, I feel like all things considered, I got pretty lucky and I had a pretty easy ride.
0: Exactly. I mean, now, you know, you know like <laughs> let's talk about the uh, support system. Like you said, like, like the meal trains and all that, like, does it kind of like validate, like, man, people do care about me. Like-
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, if there's ever a point in your life or in my life that I felt there was lots of points in my life that I was like, man, nobody cares, and everybody kind of goes through the doldrums at some point. Um, being alone, being young, hundreds of miles away from home, yeah, you know, just whatever your you're, the course of your life takes, you're going to feel kind of crappy at times, and then you just kind of hope that it doesn't it doesn't stay there forever. But um, yeah, I mean, for sure, when I had just not even not even like, I mean, obviously the donations helped out a lot and people brought food and, but just like the amount of people that just reached out, just said, Hey, hope all's well, you know, you're going to be okay. If you need anything, let me know. Like, dude, it was so many people. It was crazy. Like it was overwhelming and there's no way that I can go back and, you know, thank everybody. And I think that was the weirdest part for me was the fact that my nature was to want to say thank you to do something like to, to show appreciation. And, and it's just, it's weird. It's, it's nuts to see people do so much and they don't expect anything, you know, like right. no expectation at all on a return. So generosity, it's like, yeah, it kind of restores your faith in humanity a little bit. People do care. And it's, it's weird too. Cause I mean, I'm friends, you know, I mean, you know, me, you know, people I'm friends with, like, I'm friends with people from so many different walks of life, you know, whether yeah. it's Republican or Democrat, wherever the case may be. And it's like right. man. There's so many people, and some of these people, like I don't even, I don't share the same beliefs with whatever it is, and it just didn't make a difference. Like they were there, you know. That's so all. Awesome. Yeah. It's nice. Now
0: the after the aftermath of everything, uh, not being able to pick up your kids and all that, how did it feel mentally as a man? Like, did, were you able to, like, do other things with your kids to feel like you're still part of, like, still a unit? Or yeah. You know
1: I was I was talking to Steph about this the other night too. It's like the first couple of nights that I was home. I was only in the hospital for one night. That's crazy. So yeah, that, I mean the ride home was the worst, probably one of the worst experiences of my life because I wasn't on just from family history. You know, I was. I'm always afraid of being on any kind of painkillers or doing anything like that. And I was on tramadol. That was the, the that was the painkiller oh, yeah. I was on, which from what I understand is basically kind of like extra strength Tylenol. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> you did really do too much. So it wasn't, but I w- that was it. Um, but I mean, you know, the ride home, they were like, okay, we're just going to double up your dose and then you're going to go home. You'll be fine. And, you know, you're driving from Boston here. It's, it's an hour and a half about, right? So it's a bumpy road and you're super nauseous because you're on pain pills and you're so you're so tired. I haven't really slept because of pain. So I'm exhausted. It was just, it was a terrible ride home. It was so terrible. And then you get home and it's, you can't move because I had hernia surgery too at the same time. So they did kind of two for one, (laughs) like the special, I guess. Um, So it was, it was rough. And there was definitely a point when I got home and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And then you just kind of do it, you know, you just get through day by day and I couldn't pick up the kids. I couldn't do any, I couldn't lift anything for like six weeks. Um, Maybe even longer than that. But the first thing I get home, my dog jumps on the bed, like right on top of me, you know, and it's like, Oh my God. But you know, just watching a lot of movies with the kids. I was looking at pictures on my phone. Like my son is just sitting there, he's got his hand in his pants with his leg crossed, just looking at the TV, just watching with me, you know. Yeah. My daughter was drawing me pictures. And yeah, I mean, it was nice, you know. Like we had my in-laws came up like right away, and my mom was here, and everybody kind of came over and tried to help and do stuff. And it's the support's just I wouldn't have been able we wouldn't have been able to do it without the support that we had for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I yeah, I know. I know that feeling, man, especially, you know, with having kids, especially when when my kid put me in the hospital for kicking me where the sun don't shine, you know, (laughs) and then you having to go to the hospital for that, you know, after a couple of days.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird because the kids, I feel like they had, they're really aware of what happened. Um, So I think they were super cautious and careful with me. Your kids like Um, you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just, they, my son, especially was like, you know, I don't want you, I remember him saying like, I don't want you to go back to the doctor again. Cool. Cause when I, when I had to go back for follow-ups, he was like really upset. He was like, I don't want, I want, cause he thought I was going to, you know, not come home again for a couple of days. And it's like, you know, trying to explain to him, like, everything's going to be okay. And right. I mean, that was, that was a tough thing. Just like yeah. thinking about the kids. And like I said, man, the, the overwhelming feeling I have is just, it's like so surreal, you know, it's really that's really surreal.
0: And that's the thing, Dave, um, you know, being a father, you know, yes. Um, the mothers and the, the wives, they put a lot on their shoulders and do a lot. But us, like, I don't know if it's that, uh, that thing that we feel like, you know, we got to get the job done. We got to, you know, always take it to extra mile. It's
1: that pride. Yeah.
0: It's the pride, man. And like, you know, it weighs hard because you want to do the right thing sometimes just in life, even with COVID, you know, you want to do the right thing and what, what is the right thing? And you can't, it's hard, you know, you want to be scared and, but at the same time you want to let your kids know everything's going to be all right at the end of the day.
1: I think that being honest with kids, you know, that's a thing too, like parents, at least when I was a kid, I feel like adults thought that they could tell me what I, they wanted. You know, they could share their version of something and that's what I thought. But as a kid, you're a lot smarter than adults, I think, realize that you are yeah. and they know things and they pick things up just like intrinsically. They, they know what's going on. Um, so, I mean, I always just try to be honest with them, but I feel like, I don't know. I mean, it's pride is, is. Pride's a funny thing, but at the same token, like you just got to do the best, you You got to make the best decision you can based on the information that you have at the time, you know? Yeah. -hmm. And, um, yeah, it it worked out, worked out. Okay. That's awesome. So (laughs) I'm still here.
0: (laughs) And now look at you, man. Now look at all the things that you have accomplished in such a short amount of time, you know, like new job, uh, let's talk about, you know, um, your, your comic that you've been working on. Can can you tell the the damage fans a little bit about that, man? Not
1: at all. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So basically, yeah. I've been working on a comic for like two years. Um, it's called Reclaimer and it's a horror comic. It's basically a tale of revenge. Um, I've been working on it for a long time. And, you know, I, I wrote a couple of issues and started drawing it out and then realized that I hated it. So I decided to go back and redo it again. And that took a while. Um, you know, but I got I'm um, halfway through the first issue now, so I've been working on it every day. Um, I got a Patreon that people can see the pages as they're done. Um, it's I love doing comics, man. It's like when you're when, when I became when I decided I want to be an artist, it was like I want to be a comic artist, but then you realize that doing art and doing comic art are two totally different things, like drawing pages of a comic like sequential art is totally different than pinups and you know cool this and that like it's a totally different mindset and storytelling and I realized like I was having this conversation with my buddy the other day for me the biggest thing is creation that's what I love doing whether it's music or art you know you can create with anything so that's that's the the process of creation is my favorite thing so like a comic is it's that perfect marriage of creativity because it's I get to tell I mean, it's, it's overwhelming at times because you're responsible for everything, you know? So you're setting every aspect of a story, what the person sees, you know, what, what's going on. So it can definitely be overwhelming. But when you kind of like, I feel like now I'm at the point where I'm firing all cylinders, like I kind of hit my groove and it's been great. It really has.
0: That's awesome. Now, is it kind of like, you know, like how everybody wants to have their own podcast show? Does everybody sure. think they can be their, an artist? And like talk about the repetition that you do every morning, like 5 a.m. getting up or 6 a.m. Yeah, getting up. Well,
1: I mean, I've, I've made like it's not by accident that I'm kind of where I'm at with things. It's a lot of time set aside. And it's not just like a hobby, but it's not a job. You know, it's, it's a passion. Um, but for me, you know, I, I, I relish the time. Basically, it all kind of started maybe like a year ago. I worked a job, family business, you know, it was a labor job. I was outside all day, every day,
0: working hard. You um, loved it, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a good, honest work. And then, um, yeah. you know, I would come home and I would draw at night. So there was one night, you know, art is a super, super love of mine. It's, you know, it's one of my, my loves and my passions. So there was a couple of nights that I would sit down and draw and for whatever reason, because I was tired. It just like, it wasn't happening. And it was really frustrating. And it was really depressing because I'm like, this is really the, the, the one thing that I love to do. And it's just not happening. Like I, this, something's going to change. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake up at five tomorrow, like 530. And I'm going to draw in the morning. That way, by the time I get to work, I've already drawn for an hour. So whatever happens past that point, at least I know that I've got that time in, you know? So I did it the next day and I've done it every day since. So it's been like over a year, but that's the time that I have for me, you know, whether it's to draw or to, to program, whatever it is that I have to do. Like, that's the time I would rather wake up early and and have that time in hand that way by, you know, by eight o'clock in the morning, I've already done, you know, so much of that day product, like production wise for myself, you know, by, by the time I hit my, my nine to five, quote unquote, I've already got you know two hours of my own personal stuff done, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, and
1: that's, and that's the cool the thing. the kids Dave. to school, you know, all that yeah. stuff too. So,
0: and that's the cool thing, man. Like with you, you mentioned your Patreon page. Uh, the one thing you did have on where you could uh, buy the comic, right? I love that your your, your you, you could be in the comic done. is one of the things yeah. that I had. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the, some of the art that you've done, you could pick what you want to be drawn in, on the last page, and that's what we did. And you, 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 uh, that's right. Drove, yeah, you have the screen for us. And that's all my bureau up high. I don't nice. take it out. I took it out <laughs> twice to show Dylan and all that. And Ethan, but like that's up there that, that to me, that's pride. Cause that's yeah, a man. friend of mine that has been busting their, you know what, and put the hours in and that's like a trophy.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah that, you know? that was a sketchbook. I published my first sketchbook last year. So it was just a collection of drawings. It was called inked. Because um, that's kind of my my weapon of choice is is ink. I've been doing a lot of digital lately though, which has been really nice too. I mean that's the thing about art, man. Like I just I, whether it's painting or whatever it is, like it's it's that creative process that I really love. Um, you know, even with music too, it's like it's the, it's just the process, the creative process. I feel like I'm uh, you know I play for the Sixers now. Like trust the process. But yeah, I know, right? You know, I love. So what's the, the difference between
0: what, what's the difference between digital and uh, you know ink? i like actually drawing it. I mean, Mm -hmm. for
1: one, it's a lot cleaner, you know, I don't have any ink on my hands, but uh, (laughs) I mean, it's a different, it's a different kind of, it's a different feel. I mean, it's different tools. It's a different kind of approach. Um, I mean, there's a learning curve I feel like, but there's so many artists. I mean, my favorite artist is Jason Sean Alexander and he's a, he's a insanely talented painter. You know, he he does paintings, like he's a fine artist, and then kind of transitioned into comics from that. He still does fine art, still has exhibits and gallery shows and stuff, but he kind of transitioned from traditional, you know, ink and paper to digital. And it's it's really fun. Like I kind of was like, no, you know, digital's there, like I think for me. I I didn't really have the tool set digitally that I had traditionally. So it took time to kind of get as good, you know what I mean? Like as comfortable rather like with what you're doing when I feel like now I'm at the point where I'm doing sometimes maybe better work digitally than I could do traditionally. Um, wow. yeah it's just it's nice and it's so easy man you know I just charge a pen charge an apple pencil and I'm good to go like I don't have to clean up the ink I don't have to clean my brushes and clean the pens and my hand you know what I mean it's sometimes like I I did a digital I did a uh, traditional piece for my mom for Christmas I did an Elvis for her and that's like the only thing that I've done traditionally and probably the last like month month and a half wow. everything else has been digital but I go through phases where I'll kind of you know whether it's a music whatever it is you you're really into one way of doing things and then you kind of go into another way of doing things for a little bit, Yeah, you know, it's whatever you kind of feel like doing. So.
0: Nice. Now has anyone ever asked you to do like a, like uh remaster a photo? Uh, like a picture photo?
1: I've done some, well, I mean, that's more kind of along the lines of like photo editing that I've done some stuff like touch-ups and whatnot. Um, but I haven't done anything that's where it, you know, not, not, not like that. No.
0: Okay. Now, you know, we're talking about accomplishments and, you know, starting, you know, with a dream and then having actually, you know, a big thing happened. And one big thing that did happen recently was your artwork, artwork was featured in a gallery um, for the first time. How did that feel? And talk about, you know, that accomplishment for you personally.
1: Yeah. So I got my, one of my goals last year was to get my artwork in a gallery and I did it that felt really good. Um, it was a local gallery. I mean, it's not a crazy big thing. It's not the Met. It's not, you know, something in New York, but yeah. Hey man, it, it was, it was cool to get in. It's a nice little spot. Um, you know, I was, in, I was in for a couple of shows and I'm of a, a junk, I'm a, uh, a juried member there now, so I can hang art whenever I want, you know, I'm on committees cool. and stuff, but no, it was awesome being able to see, like, I mean, it, it was a learning experience. Cause I had to figure out okay i gotta frame this stuff now so how do i frame it what's the right way to do it i gotta get these frames how much is this gonna cost i gotta do the wires myself i gotta do the brackets myself and but then when you get it up there and it's like it actually looks really cool then people are like wow you did this like this is great you know this looks awesome and just to be able to say that i got artwork hanging in a gallery you know i mean that's that's awesome you know yeah it's awesome it doesn't get better than that so
0: so what were some some of um some great comments that you've got so far on your artwork or on, on your artwork in the gallery or your comics that always stick with you.
1: I think the comments that stick with me is when people say it makes me feel like this, you know, this, when I see this, it makes me think of this or makes me feel like this. Cause I feel like I don't want to be someone. I feel like I want people to either love it or hate it. You know, I, I don't want to kind of be like, yeah, that's okay. Like I don't want someone to walk by it and not even see that it's there. I'd rather do something that someone hates and they are passionate about that they hate it. than just have no reaction to it at all. You know, really? Yeah. So, I mean, my favorite artists, it's so weird too, how just kind of preferences change and the artists, the things, the music, even that I listened to that I loved before. And it's like, it just doesn't do it for me. Like my, 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 my likes have kind of totally switched and just the people that I kind of are, are, you know, I'm interested in art wise and, and, you know, painters and things and, is that just yeah, like a transition
0: phase?
1: I don't know if it's a transition phase. I think it's just kind of, I don't want to say it's like a maturity, but it's more just kind of, I think your tastes just change as you get older. Right. Um, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I don't, I there's, it's not like it's a conscious thing, you know, it's like, you know, with music I used to listen to like, you know, Holly crew and the guns and roses all the time. And it was, you know, rock and roll and, this and that. Now it's like, man, I listen to a lot of classical and just like avant-garde stuff. Like I love Nico, you know, from Velvet Underground. And it's like stuff that I never really would have listened to when I was in my 20s. Now it's like, it's all I want to listen to, you know, like a lot of classical and a lot of soundtracks. You know, my Spotify rewind or wrapped, whatever it is. It's a lot different now than it was when I was 25. So, so
0: if we had the emergence of Dave Fowler, uh, five songs that, that you know, kind of go with your story in life. What would those five songs be from twenty-year-old Dave to the Dave of the present? If oh, you can think of five songs,
1: wow, that's probably the toughest question I've been asked in a long time. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think um, one of my favorite songs I listen to right now is "Isolation," and it's a John Lennon song. But the version that I'm in love with is the one with Johnny Depp and Jeff Beck. So, I mean, it's okay. such a great song. Okay. Um, there's a lot. Yep. I don't know. I've been listening. To, it's, I've been listening to "Goodbye Horses" a lot lately too. Okay, okay. <laughs> from you know, it's it's famous from the sounds of the lamb scene. I don't dance to the mirror when I listen to it. That's good. Um, That's good. But uh, nah, man, probably some Bowie. You know, okay. there's I don't know if it's songs is more so just kind of like I think it's maybe based on mood because you know when I was in my 20s, I listened to a lot of music based on how I felt. So if I was sad. I listened to the Crow soundtrack a lot in my 20s. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but now it's just more like, um, it's, it's it's weird. I mean, it's whatever I listen. I mean, uh, to be truthful, like if you are looking at my playlist now, it's going to be a lot of kids bop 2021, 2022, you know, the Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Because when I take my kids to school, we listen to what my son wants to listen to on the way to his school. And then what my right. daughter wants to listen to on the way to her school. So in between, I mean, yeah. get enough for a song or two like once, that yeah, I get to listen right. to but um yeah I don't now, Do know. those I mean, songs to... that
0: you have Dave that, that you like do they portray in your artwork
1: um well I mean I do listen to music a lot when I when I paint especially and when I paint I try to listen to like just really intense like angry classical music and um you know there's a lot of man there's so much like so many bands I like you know like the yeah yeah Yeahs and I listen to like, you know, even David Lynch was one of my favorite directors and painters and he's an, you know, a musician, too. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of good songs. And I think it's just it's all mood music. It's all relative. You know, like, I always like to have something kind of going on when I'm doing something. I don't think I could ever do one thing at a time. You know, I really can't.
0: Let's so talk about music, man. Um, you know, you just uh, you started playing guitar again, right?
1: well i never really stopped i mean well that's not true i did stop for maybe about a year the last band i was in without kind of saying anything about anybody it didn't end well i wish them nothing but the best i have not a bad thing to say about anybody um but i think just the whole the way it it wasn't even just the band it was just the whole thing you know with relationships i had at the time and just a, i was just done with music i really was just done and you know led zeppelin could have said hey come play with us. And I probably would be like, I, I think about it, but I really don't want to do it. I think for me, it was just, you know, I really started to have a lot of flare ups with anxiety and just from my living situation and things that were going on. And I was just done. I was, I was done. Um, so I played my last show. I didn't pick up a guitar for probably like a year and a half, two years. And um, you know, it was that phase of my life was kind of over. It was on to the next thing. And then in um, the last couple of years, it's, I've always played, you know, I've always been right. able to play but the last couple of years I've really kind of gotten a love for music again. And it's, it hasn't been something where I'm reminded of this and that that went wrong or this was bad. You know, it's, um, it's nice. Like it, it's nice. And then when you're kind of playing and you're enjoying it again, then you start kind of coming up with riffs and then you're putting songs together and then it's, you know, one thing leads to another. And, you know, here we are. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And here we are, you're working on a new record. Can you tell us a little bit about it? the inspiration behind it, and what can uh, the Damage fans and uh, people who are fans of yours uh, expect?
1: So, then, uh, yeah, I'm working on a new record. Um, I actually have 14 songs that I'm tracking right now. So it's a full-length album. It's not an EP or anything. Um, the danger is that it might keep going up. Like I kind of toyed with doing a double album, but I feel like I, I, as much as that would be nice, I really just want to get this thing done. Um, it's called What Remains. And I'm hoping to be in the mixing stage by this fall. Um, okay. It's a pretty lofty goal. It's not something that's going to be done quickly. And I'm working with a producer now, um, a really longtime friend of mine. And, you know, he's going to help a lot, but it's, it's a one-man show. I'm playing all the instruments. You know, it's, it's my thing. It's my little baby, for better, or for worse. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's got some old songs, some that I'm re-recording. I think maybe three or four and the rest of it's all new stuff. So, but it, so, you know, it's just me, it's blues, rock, rock and roll,
0: um, just whatever kind of comes out. So. So in the very near future, can we get a little snippet of it and hear some of the stuff?
1: Yeah. I'm hoping in the next couple, maybe the next month or two, I can have a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of things ready to go, ready to be listened I, to. So.
0: Well, we can't wait for that. And uh, you also uh, just finished a cover for a band, a cover for a band sing- single, single. Uh what's yeah. the band and the cover?
1: So it's a it's an awesome group called Destroyer. Um he's it's like electronic music, and it's kind of funny. So my friend Jackie posted something on a story one time on Spotify. I was like, Oh man, this band Destroyer, check them out, they're awesome. So I was like, Wow, you know what? Listen to them. It's man is freaking awesome. Like I like them a lot. So me and her ended up doing a show together, Rock and Shock in I think Connecticut or Massachusetts somewhere like two years ago. And we get there, I'm like, Hey, you know, thanks for recommending that band. Cause I really like him. She's like, dude, that's Chris. That's my husband. <laughs> I was like, no way. Like I didn't I realize, he, I just thought it was like a band. So I love yeah. this band. I absolutely love this dude's music. He's awesome. Um, you know, he's got like, he comes out with vinyl and cassettes and stuff. It's just the coolest thing. And it's, you know, it, it's horror. It, it's, it's everything that I love. So he, I woke up a couple of weeks ago and I got a message from him I was like, Hey man, I'm doing a new single. Do you want to do the artwork for it? I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so um, did the artwork for him. I did it like, I think within the next like two days just sat down and, and got it done and sent it over to him and he loved it. And, you know, it's on Spotify and Apple music. And it was awesome. I mean, I literally was like so excited that he asked me cause I'm a, a huge fan and he's an awesome dude. And you know, it was, it was my pleasure to do it. So
0: Definitely. Now, going to these places and going to these conventions, what do you love most about it? What do you not like about it? And uh, do you plan on doing it more in 2022?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually... um, There's a couple of shows that I'm planning on doing this year. It's kind of tough, man, because it's like, as much as as much as I love doing the shows, it's still kind of sketchy with COVID and you don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to catch something or bring something home. And right it, that always kind of plays in the back of your mind. I mean, I only did one show last year because of that. Um, so, I mean, it, it's rough, but I think, I mean, I just love having people see the work, you know, people yeah. it's, it's so like, I mean, social media is great for, for that kind of stuff. And you, know, you have your fan base and people that see it depending on the algorithms, but it's nice to kind of just go out to a show and have people that you normally wouldn't see, or they wouldn't come across your work, see your stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the, I mean, I had, um, I had a pretty good offer. I can't say too, too much about it, but it's a pretty big, very, it might be a pretty big opportunity for me for a couple of, you know, a couple of things. So that those type of opportunities are good too for conventions because, you know, you're getting, eyes on your work that normally wouldn't be seen necessarily, you know, in whatever kind of platform that you have. My least favorite things is probably the commutes and the setups. And, you know, the fact that you're there like 12 hours and, you know, it's, it's tough. It can be tough, but could be worse. You know, I could be outside swinging an ax into something, right. You know, shoveling coal. (laughs) So I can't complain too much that I'm in like a climate controlled building you know, people yeah. want to give you money for
0: art. So that's true. It's nice. yeah. And your art, most importantly.
1: Yeah. And no, I mean, well, I think the show that I did last year was, was really special for me because that was the first show that I feel like I've ever done where I was really prepared for it, where I had a new, like my, my art style was totally different than it was in years past, you know? So I really had a very like unique style that I love doing. I had a new banner, I had new business cards, I had stickers, I had the sketchbook ready. Like I was really, really well prepared for that show. I feel like for the first time like ever. So it was nice. It was it was, a, it was a good time for sure.
0: That's awesome. So Dave, what's one quote that you live by?
1: So there is a quote that I kind of came across in my mid-20s. Um, I don't remember where I read it or saw it or heard it from. But it was, when you change things about yourself, your place in the world changes. Hmm. And I kind of took that to heart. Um, my early twenties, my mid twenties was a really rough time, you know, just living in Southwest Philly, being broke two hour commute on SEPTA to work every day. And it, it was tough. And then you're in those position, you're in that position and you really just don't see a way out. You know, you're like, I'll never buy a car. I'll never buy a house. Like I'll never have any, be able to do anything like that. Like I'm going to be broke for my whole life, you know? And then I read that quote, or like I said, I don't remember if I read it or saw it or heard it but I kind of adopted it. It's like, you know what? All right. I'm going to get another job. I'm going to do like, I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes. Maybe I'll stop doing that. You know, you just kind of do one thing at a time. And then I like, I was literally talking to someone about this the other day. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in my life from years ago to today is when I was younger, I just used to think of change as having to be this really big, all encompassing thing. And I realized that If you do a little bit every day, that's more sweeping over time than just doing, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do some big thing at once. Like change doesn't have to be this massive thing that totally takes more effort than you can put out at that time. Like doing a little bit today and a little bit tomorrow and a little bit the day after, like that's going to add up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's like thinking to yourself, like, man, I'll never be able to buy a house. I'll never be able to do this. It's something small, man. Like get a bank account, you know, like it's, it's just, it's trying to find a way to do the little thing today, a little bit of application, a little bit of effort today and not looking at it as, wow, there's this big thing that I have to do. Like it's this big mountain I have to move. Like, no, just take a little bit at a time. Next thing you know, it's a hill, you know, no, it sounds cliche, but I mean, it's, it's, it's true. So
0: So looking at the ups and downs thus far in, in, in your life, um, if someone would come to you and say, hey, man, I love where you're at now. Um, we want to write a book about you. What would that book be called? Jesus. I don't, I got I don't smart, know, man. man.
1: I don't know. I, well, no, I, I guess I'll just answer it by saying I kind of toyed with a couple of names from my record. So one name was called Full Circle and the other name was called What Remains. Um, so I think either of those would be appropriate.
0: That's cool, man. So you and I have a lot of passions for a lot of, you know, the same things. And one of those is professional wrestling. Yeah, man. We love it and we hate it. And Dude, it's, it's been hard to be a
1: fan we'll the last couple of months for sure.
0: And it has, man. And um, right now I want to talk about twenty twenty. What's your prediction for the professional wrestling world, knowing that the forbidden door is opening at different places now? And we just saw that Mickey James, the impact yeah, I know, uh, women's champion in the I know. Royal
1: Rumble. Well, see, Mickey James has always been my favorite man. I've loved, I love Mickey James. I always thought she was the hottest one. I was like, oh my god, she's my favorite. So when she came back for another go around a couple of years ago, I was really excited about it. And then it kind of fizzled out. And I don't know, man. It's like I was thinking the other day too. I'm like, at one point in time, like the roster that they had between Austin Aries all these guys, like it was so many people on the roster, you know, Eric Young, like just from top to bottom, from the low to the mid to like, it was insane. And now it's like, man, it's, I don't even know who's there anymore. You know, it's exactly. I
0: mean, I like to think you're a good wrestler. We're going to release you now.
1: It's, It's I mean, I get that it's a business and there's politics and there's bottom lines, but I'm just like, I just don't get it. And then, you know, like, some of these cuts and stuff, I mean, it's just it's hard to be a fan because it's like, what's there to be excited about it? You know, these people are just going to be gone. You know, it's yeah. like you're I'm almost afraid to like someone because it's like, how long are they going to be there? You know, right. yep. and I know like, you know, Braun Strowman, people hated, you know, they're so divided on Braun Strowman. People either love him or hate him. That dude, you, nobody can deny that he worked hard. You know, he did yep. the most he could with what he had yep. and just look at how he looked like when he first came in to what he looked like leaving. You know, the amount of work yeah. that that guy put into himself. Like, that's a hard-working guy, you know?
0: And the same guy from the Wyatt family as well, Bray Wyatt. Husky Harris. Yeah, man. In
1: nice. You know, I feel like the Bray Wyatt thing, though, I feel like there's a little more to that than maybe we know. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, this is the thing, too. I mean, we always look at McMahon as, like, the Antichrist, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. his decision that's done everything. Like, what if, what if Bray Wyatt was like, you know what? I want to make movies. I don't want to be a wrestler right. anymore. You know, right. maybe he was that... Not, like, not to mention, Brody Lee was his best friend. Maybe that kind of really, you know, I mean, that, that him passing him. away messed with me. And I'm just yeah. a fan. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I can't imagine knowing this guy and right. seeing him play with my kids and all that kind of stuff, you know? So maybe he yeah. just didn't want to do it anymore, you know? Right. So you never really so, know. I mean, there's, like they say, there's two sides to every story. So.
0: so yeah. The one thing they do got going on right now is going to be at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be Brock Lesnar, the champ against Bobby Lashley. So we're finally yeah. getting to see that match, man. Yeah, You know, both have MMA backgrounds. Both guys are 50 now. Both guys are 50. Yeah, a little late, you know. But uh, what do you think about that matchup? I mean,
1: I like Lashley a lot, man. And I like Viking Brock Lesnar. You know, it's it's going to be good. I feel like Brock Lesnar gets a lot of hate, too. But that guy puts people over all the time, man. You know, he, mm-hmm. he sells like crazy. He puts his body on the line and makes people look good. And I mean, it, you know it's such a, I feel like as a fan, I don't think that there's ever been a time that we've ever been happy with anything. Of course. You know, whether it's been, you know, Mr. Perfect beating Bret Hart for the Intercon, you know, like whatever it was like going back to the beginning, you know, like why, you know what I mean? Like, why did this happen? Why did Marty, why did Marty Jannetty, why did Shawn Michaels kick Marty Jannetty?
0: I mean, like, We've We're always talked about that today.
1: We've always questioned everything about everything. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the or why woman, Hogan
0: got the cross ripped off of my I know.
1: I know, no. man, I know. But it's like as a fan, I don't think that we ever really give it time. I don't think that we really are patient enough to let them tell stories. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's just what it is to be in the in the business nowadays, you know. But right. it's
0: well, let's flip it to the better side of the business, man, AEW. All Elite Wrestling, man. Uh, they are extremely on fire right now with, you know, basically the Undisputed error being reborn in AEW now. But as, if you were Tony Khan, do you have to keep in the back of your mind I cannot turn out like WCW with all these WWE releases?
1: I mean, I think that, you know, my opinion is this. Like, it's nice that they're there. It's nice that that performers have another opportunity. But I wish that people, I wish that, as fans, we cared more about the stories they told than the people they signed because one day there's not going to be people to sign. You know, you're going to have to kind of tell stories with the people that you have. And they've done a good job with it so far. Like, you know, the punk stuff is good and, I like how they've done it, bringing him back, and you know Darby Allen. It hasn't been right to like you know Hangman or or Omega. You know what I mean? Like they kind of they haven't done that stuff, and
0: and they're not like, just throwing they, the belt on. Um, yeah, Brian yeah, like Danielson. even Brian, Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: I mean, I feel like their storytelling has been good. Like the Hangman Page stuff, I think was great. You know what I mean? It was great storytelling. But that's like they have to keep doing that. You know, like I feel like I not that I'm saying that they do, but it, I'm just I guess my worry would be like they're worried too. They're reliant too much on who they're getting. Versus what they're doing with what they have, you know? Right.
0: Yep. And they didn't just push Paul Wright right to the top. He had one match. Yeah. And now he's back doing commentating again. Mark Henry, yeah, so I mean, he, that... he can play again. Sure, like sure. Mark
1: he... Henry, too. It's, you know, it, I mean, it's. I think you, when you're that age and that body stuff, you know, like Undertaker, I mean, it's. Man, I love The Undertaker. He's my favorite wrestler. Like him and Bret Hart are my favorites of all time, but it's it's that's hard watching that Goldberg match, man. You know what I mean? It's like that stuff, it hurts. It doesn't matter, you know, what legacy you have, like, you know, what do they always say? You're always good at your last match. Right. You know? And it's like, how
0: many matches LAS matches? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, He's still going. He's probably got a couple more less of them. I know. Right. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, I get it. Who am I to tell someone to stop doing what they love to do? You know what I mean? but it's like from just from a fan's perspective, it's like, man, I don't, I miss the old days, you know, I miss when they could go. And, you know, it's, it kind of stinks like watching someone get old, like right in front of you. You know, it's, it's Uh tough. Definitely.
0: Now, um, one person in particular, um, about, uh, AEW is the elite and, uh, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam, Adam Cole. looks like they're, they're, they're teasing a little feud right here. Now Is Adam going to pick Kyle O'Reilly. And, uh, fish yeah or is he gonna stick with the young bucks is that the kind of thing that you talk about about you know really making the storyline go as much as possible to really tease us
1: i mean i you know for me the storyline stuff i like is like you know mjf and cm punk
0: yes could they tell a story and
1: yeah like you know i I want that kind of stuff like you know some of like my favorite stories back in in the wwf days just like with the heart foundation and you know, Stone Cold, like all that stuff, you know, with the Newhart Foundation with Brian Pillman and Bulldog and those guys, like, yeah, they were kind of prolonged stories. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like the, I love, I've always loved it. I've been around it for a long time. And I feel like the biggest gripe that I have as a fan, it's like, I watched some of the old matches and I'm like, these guys didn't have anywhere near the athletic ability that the performers have today. But they were so good at what they did telling a story in the ring. Like, I feel like we talked about this. My biggest yeah. gripe with wrestling today is I just feel like it's just like, look at the sequence of moves. You know, like I want to see storytelling. Like, I want a finisher to be a finisher. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, remember the days when Bret Hart put the sharpshooter on someone and they were done? They tapped out. Yeah. There wasn't seven sharpshooters in a match that, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I don't know. Like, Ricochet is great. Like, I love that. You know, he does some crazy stuff. He's made my mouth drop open before, like, some of the stuff that he's done. But it's like, it's just I don't know, man. Like, what do you do after you've done seventeen flips? Like, where do you right. go from there? You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah.
0: if you have a big move like an F five, and you're actually kicking out of it, and you got to do three F fives to beat someone,
1: like, dude. I mean, it's even like I was watching. I forgot what pay per view it was, but it was. I think it was Leaf Cassidy. You know, Al Snow. Was he yeah. Leaf Cassidy? Yeah, right. It was Leaf Cassidy? Wow, throwback!
0: Right? Look at you, yeah. there, dude.
1: Vers- versus yeah. Flash Funk. It was like the opening match of something, right? And I'm like, these guys like told a story. Like this was a good match, and I'm like, this is this was probably one of the better match. Like if this match was on today, I don't know if people would even like it. But it like they weren't. It wasn't just a collection of moves. You know, it was kicks and throw. It was just like the way that they did it. You know, it was just really it was good. Right. whereas i feel like now it's just like backflip backflip you know it's like yeah. somersault it's I, I don't know i mean it's just it's maybe i don't know my am, am i old now is it like is it past me you know am i am i that guy that's like when i was younger it was like this you know yeah but you know i mean i, I aj styles is my favorite now but i feel like he tells stories and he still does exactly. good moves but it's like he's good storytelling you know right
0: and um like with the word rumble coming up like I feel like McMahon, he something's gonna happen soon, man. I'm not sure if he's gonna sell or what, but he's like he's pushing further away from the athleticism in the ring and going more towards like if you have a name already, like in the NFL or like yeah, bodybuilding. Braun,
1: don't get me wrong, I, I feel like Braun Breaker is he's he's the man. Like he's got it all, you know. Yeah. I feel like whether or not he was a Steiner or not he's he's still a stud but i just yeah. kind of like i don't know man it's hard to be a fan because i love Liv morgan but i'm like is she gonna be there in two weeks exactly <laughs> you know? yeah. like what's gonna happen
0: am i gonna be meeting her at an autograph convention this year you know it's like
1: yeah it's be- just yeah. it's so weird i just i don't get it i don't get the cuts at all you know and it's like i don't even i mean even like just from a perspective of like a competition i don't get it like I don't know. I mean, can you really question Vince McMahon, though? Like, I mean, we're sitting here talking about because of like what he built, basically, you know. Right.
0: right. He knows I mean, what he's doing
1: at the end of the day. I mean, this is the guy that brought Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan, Ultimate War, you know, just in The Rock. Like, all these people that we that are household names came from from wrestling. Right. So, I mean, he obviously knows how to build characters, you know, The Undertaker. Right. I mean, so the list goes on and on, but, like, there's definitely times you're like, what are they thinking? You know, yeah. like, what what what's going on here? Definitely.
0: So So we're in a new year, Dave. Um, Do you have any New Year's resolutions or any goals that you like to achieve by mid-year or full year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely... My goal this year is to get this comic done. I'm doing a convention in July, the end of July. Um, My immediate goal is to get... is to have this book for sale by that time to really get this thing done and and get that work out, out there for people to see. And I think my other goal... And you're just talking about like accomplishments is to, um, is to have this record as, po- you know, as as far along as possible. Some of this stuff, man, I've been playing these songs for like Jesus, 10 years, if not longer now, like I'm just ready to be done with them, <laughs> 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 recording the way I want them recorded and just be Definitely. done with them. And, you know, but I, I did actually, um, I have decided that I'm going to play a couple of shows. Once this record's done, I'm going to play live again, which is That's something awesome. I never thought I'd do. My last live show was in,
0: I think, February of 2011 I can't wait. I can't wait to be front row for that, man. Hell yeah, man. So we got to have you back when you had that big announcement, you know, um, when you, when you find out you get signed to that special thing that you can't tell us about just yet. Um, It's
1: it's just a matter of um, I was approached to do some potential work for a pretty big thing. Um, And we're working out contract details, but uh, nothing's set in stone. It might not, it might not happen. And that's okay too. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to stop me from doing what I'm doing now, but um, it would be pretty good. So
0: we'll yep. see what happens. And, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders and you got all the confidence in the world and you got a great family. And I know you're just going to keep going one step higher. You know, uh, I like to. I like to, man. First off, I like to say um, happy birthday to my son, Dylan. He's seven years old uh, tomorrow. Happy so, birthday, Dylan. Wow. That's crazy, man. I know seven and, and, uh, and my other man, Ethan, he's four, you know, these uh, they're, they're both getting huge and, uh, I'd like to thank you, Dave, for, uh, always being a, being a good friend, being a fan of damage and, uh, supporting me personally and everything, dude. So thank you. man. Always
1: man. I can't wait till we're back shooting some wrestling conventions again. That was fun. Oh,
0: it'll be sooner rather than later. I know that it's a lot of fun. Yep. I'm
1: still, like I, I still can't believe how big the warlord was, man. He scared me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <They were> yep. <laughs> scary dudes. Yep. So I'd like to thank you, Dave, for your time. And uh, remember, Damage fans, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on mongoradio.com for music and lines. Thanks, man. Thanks, bud. Completely damaged. Completely
1: damaged.